It is time to recap a week in Drake Sports. This is The Bark, and here are your hosts, Noah Manderfeld and J.D. Pellegrino. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of The Bark. This is Noah Manderfeld, the sports director for the Drake Broadcasting System. Alongside me in a beautiful blue polo shirt is J.D. Pellegrino. J.D., how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Noah. It was a great weekend in Drake Sports, but do you real quick, I'm going to start start the podcast off. I did something very unique that I would say that the average listener did not do this weekend. Is, I traveled. What? No, what were you going to say? I was, was going to say, is it a sport that might be on the Ocho? It might be on ESPN 8, the Ocho. <laughs> However, I drove to Grinnell, Iowa for the number seven regional mm. American Cornhole League wow. tournament. Yeah, actually a very big deal, but... No, this is something unlike I've ever seen before. I know most people play cornhole as a 4th of July, tailgate, backyard type of sport. Um, don't take it too seriously, but do it just to socialize with friends and family. Oh my gosh, the atmosphere in this room in the middle of Grinnell, Iowa. There were about you know 40 teams I went on Friday. Uh-huh. Um, there, was, there was a large turnout, people traveling from Kansas City, further in Iowa, Illinois, uh, Michigan, You know, just traveling all over from the Midwest to compete to win point totals in this tournament because you add up all of your local and regional tournament wins to qualify to be a national pro player. Man, this was it was a very niche sport, something that I was happy to be a part of, shoot some video footage for. Real question. Is it cornhole or bags? Okay, so where I'm from, it's bags. However, yeah, it's bags. It's bags. But professional leagues yep. don't go by, you know, the American bags league. Like, yeah. It's cornhole. Like, like you're not going to call baseball ball. Right, it just might baseball. it just might add more prestige. I don't know, but I'm I'm a big bags proponent. However, the <laughs> professional leagues go by cornhole, so you know. Ma- who am hey, I, make who like am an I? XFL of cornhole an and XFL call it corn- the oh. the uh, PBL. I guess uh, that's bowling. Yeah, we don't need to talk too much XFL. My team, Tampa Bay Vipers, lost again, and now they are the only 0 three team in the XFL. Sounds like a time but, to jump ship. But anyways, furthermore, Drake Sports Women's Basketball. They played great this weekend. They went 2-0. and They're on a four-game winning streak. The men's team went 1-1 one one, uh, this weekend. Men's golf, even, uh, they finished pretty great in their tournament at the Loyola Intercollegiate. And then finally, we are going to jump into the second week of softball. Let's do it. J.D., let's start with women's basketball. They had a couple big wins this week. They did have a couple big wins. So entering this week, Drake sat at third place in the Missouri Valley Conference to Missouri State and Bradley. They sat a game behind Bradley, and then I believe it was three behind Missouri State. Well, they faced one of those two teams this weekend, and that was in Bradley. That was their very first game. And, man, this this game, I think it it went better than than everybody thought. It wasn't as close as everybody thought. Um, Drake wins 85-72 to in the game. Becca Hittner scores 24 points to lead the team. Kiera Collier coming up with a big performance, 22 points, 4 rebounds, 2 assists. Uh, she went 7-for-7 seven seven from the free throw line. Becca Hittner went 12-for-13. And then Sarah Ryan, 17 points, 12 rebounds in a double-double. This was a good game. It did it did require a lot of—it um, tested the, the team— a lot of people for Drake scored. Uh, Maddie Monahan came up with six. Brenny Rose with four. Usually we see Brenny Rose with a little bit more than that, so it's a little frustrating to see one of the one of the leaders on this team lacking a little bit. Monica Burrich with seven. Maggie Negard with three. The list goes on and on. This was a good game. This was a game that Drake needed to win if they have hopes of climbing and becoming regular season uh, Missouri Valley Conference uh, winners. 
Yeah, you're you're right, and they played really impressive ball early on. Um, you mean you see that eight points in the first quarter, only 19 points allowed in the second quarter, and that was just because Bradley got a little bit hot later on. But still, just 27 points in the first half, and the Bulldogs were using the zone defense. They were it was a three-two zone. They were basically forcing Bradley to make shots that you know weren't easy buckets, and Bradley couldn't make them. In the second half, we saw those shoot shots start to fall. I mean, you see that um, in the second half, they shot a little bit better from behind the arc, three of seven, um, started doing a little bit more things offensively, and that's when they came back because the Bulldogs had a pretty big lead until late, and uh, it kind of looked like this game was going to go into overtime. Fortunately, it did not. Um, Bradley had some costly fouls, and actually there is one instance in which uh, a player, Nigel White, she got fouled out. It was, and she was frustrated late in the game. It was a bad foul. Um, I mean, questionable whether it should have been called. But then she grabs the ball, throws it in the air. Technical foul, four free throws for Hitner. Drake, Drake all but iced it up. Um, so it was close down late. Like Drake iced it up. Um, but that defensive performance in the beginning is something that I'll take away from this game. Yeah, exactly. Starting the game off, especially against uh, an offensive, ex- an explosive offensive team like Bradley, you know. Figuring out your defensive strategy, playing the zone, limiting them to only 27, like you said, first half points. That was great. That set up the rest of the game for Drake. Unfortunately, the defense was a little bit of a different story for Drake yeah. in the second half. But that uh, that consistency and that dominance that they established early on the defensive side of the ball was huge. Looking at this game, Drake scored 13 second chance points. Bradley only had one. That's that's a very huge margin. That did that you know that's. That's the game right mm-hmm. there. That was pretty much how much Drake won by uh, bench points. Drake outscored Bradley twelve to seven, and uh, fast break points. It was still pretty even, fourteen to eleven in favor of Drake. Drake once again pounded the rock in the paint. They scored thirty four points in the paint to Bradley's twenty two. That was, I believe, that was one of my uh, JD's keys to success from last week. You know, stick to your strengths, stick to your guns down low. Becca Hintner, Sarah Ryan, and that's just what they did. That's how they won. That is how they won, and it was a big win at that. Moved them into second place alone in the conference after that. Exactly. I think it was a rough weekend for Bradley, but moving forward, now on the 22nd, Drake at home faces Illinois State. And now th- this was a game that if there would if there was going to be a close game this weekend, it was going to be against Bradley. But this this game was that Drake versus Illinois State. They win 87. Drake that is wins 87 to 82. So now Drake got off to a very slow start in this game, only scoring 12 points while letting up 23. Completely different story than in that uh, Bradley game. They come back in the second quarter scoring 22 points and then allowing only 12. So, you know, flipping the narrative a little bit on that first to second quarter, we're all tied up. Just about third quarter coming right Uh out of half. 26 points scored by each team. You know, it's anyone's game moving forward into the fourth quarter. And then finally... Drake brings it home. We've seen a couple times they've given it up late. That was not the case here. They power through. They really want this win. You know, they're fighting for something. They have sense of urgency. 27 points to 21 points in favor of Drake in the fourth mm-hmm. quarter. Drake wins 87 to 82. Looking at key players in this game, Sarah Ryan had a dominant performance. 28 points, 10 rebounds in a double-double. She shot 9 for 14 one for three from three, I mean one for two from three. She shot 90%, nine for 10 from the free throw line. 10 rebounds, one assist, one block, one steal, one turnover, you know, a little bit of everything here. 
Beck Hintner scored 15 points, had five rebounds herself, shot four for nine from the field, two for two from three, 100% from the free throw line. That's where we've seen Becca make her bread and butter throughout the throughout the years. She's a dominant free throw shooter, and that's why they usually try to put the ball in her hands. Maddie Monahan had 10 points. Kira Collier had 10 points. Why was this game so close, Noah? Uh, in the first half, Drake just couldn't shoot. I mean, they weren't getting bad looks. They time couldn't and time shoot. again, we've seen that as a problem. And we've seen that as a problem. They shot 4 of 15 from the floor in the first half. 0 of 5 from behind the arc, whereas Illinois State shot 58%, 10 of 17, 3 of 6 in the first half. Or excuse me, that's uh, in the first quarter they shot that. In the second quarter, they got a little bit better. They were able to come back. They got it within two at half. Um, but Illinois State just kept going on runs. Drake got it within two early in the first half, or uh, late in the first half in the second quarter. Illinois State reeled off a, a 10-0 run, I believe, and Drake reeled off an 8-0 run, including a last-minute shot by Collier driving uh, on the left wing to get the two points. And then they were within two. And then in the second half, three started to fall, started to hit those threes. But Illinois State able to match them. And Illinois State's a very capable team. Um, so just their record isn't necessarily indicative of, of what kind of team they are. They are still fourth in the conference, but still 7-7. Seven and seven. Um, But they gave the Bulldogs a fight, that's for sure. And, and you even saw early in the first half, Baranchik putting her hands up, uh, motioning to the crowd to uh, to get louder. And we saw that in the, the only other game I've seen that in, at a home game this year was versus Missouri State. That was a game where they were also down early on. She does this to motivate the crowd, to motivate the team when they're off to a sluggish start. It worked. Drake got off. Uh, on a hot stretch, and then able to pull off the victory late. You're playing at home when Coach Baranchek really encourages the crowd. The crowd gets hyped. The crowd hypes up the players. The players play better. If you look at the fourth quarter, Drake had 11 fast-break points to Illinois State's one. Throughout the game, Drake wins that category 19-6. to That's on fast breaks. And then again, if you look at second-chance points, looking at the end, Sit, or 11 total second-chance points for Drake, and then six for Illinois State. Drake, Coach Baranchek, Becca Hintner, Sarah Ryan, they know what they're playing for, they know what they're capable of, and they want all of the momentum heading into the conference tournament. Drake had 40 points in the paint in this game. It was pretty even with Illinois State's 36, but again, sticking to your guns, down low, scoring where you can. 2-0 for women's basketball this weekend. They've got a couple games coming up this week. They've got one on February 28th yep. in Chicago, Illinois, against Loyola. That's going to be that's gonna be a key game. Against Valparaiso, they play on March 1st. This is away as well, Valparaiso, Indiana. And then they finish off the season, the regular season, in Cedar Falls, Iowa, against UNI. That is going to be a nationally televised game on ESPN3 and ESPN+. Noah, looking at the rest of this season... What, what realistically are we hoping for from the women's team to give themselves the best footing heading into the tournament? Got to win out. You got to win out. Um, because right now you have three road games. The toughest one, I mean, they're all kind of equal in toughness. You and I struggled a little bit. They were better early on. They've struggled. You got to win out. I mean, you went out. You're in prime position. I believe, did Bradley lose after they played us this weekend? I believe they did. They because, did. Yep. So that basically means we went, yeah, they lost to you and I. We went out. We get that number two seed. We're not going to get the number one seed. Missouri State's too good. That number two seed's right there for grabs, and then essentially um, we're, 
you know, we're in good position to play the winner of the play-in game. Then we get the second round, and then you know, only three games until we get to the championship, where we hopefully will get to the championship uh, to meet Missouri State or Bradley or one of those two teams. So that number two seed is what we got to do, and we got to win out to do it. If we lose one game, we're still in good position. It might come down to a tiebreaker, but you got to win out. Got to just keep winning games. And it is still not impossible for the Drake women's basketball team to win, uh, to become regular season champions. I've got the women's uh, schedule coming up for Missouri State. Through the rest of their season, they play four games. They play Illinois State, a game that is a, a team that is very capable, almost beat us, in fact. And, you know, we, we have had our, uh, our close calls with Missouri State, so Illinois State can beat them as well. Then they play the number three, Bradley, that we just took over. That's going to be another close game, hard one for Missouri State. Finally, they're going to play Valparaiso. That game is going to be another tough one, completely uh Completely capable, seven and seven in conference, and then they're going to wrap up their season on March seventh with Loyola. Loyola, you know that one might be. We might chalk that one up, we as, might a win, chalk that up as a win. But regardless, Missouri State does not have it given to them. They have no. to earn it, and Drake wants it more now than ever. They're on a four-game winning streak, and um, we're just going to kind of hope for the best yeah, for because it, what it's going to have to come down to is we win out, and Missouri State loses three games because we can't. We're not yep. going to win a tiebreaker. They beat us twice, so. That's going to be tough. But. JD's keys to success, really quick. We're going over our time here on one sport. Here JD's are. keys to success, Kira Collier needs to be more consistent. We've seen games where she can score 20. We've seen games where she can score five. Which which Collier are you going to be getting? Hitner is going to be consistent. Ryan is going to be consistent. Rose is going to be consistently between five points and ten points. With some assists. With some assists, that is. But we need Kira Collier to be a constant offensive threat. Someone that is going to take some pressure off of Sarah Ryan and Becca Hittner. That's going to give Drake the best chance to win. Uh, Noah's numbers. Let's go into this quick because we are running over time. Uh, we've had three seniors graduate. Probably the, one of the best senior classes we've ever had. Uh, I mean, combined, these are my stats. They've combined to win three straight Missouri Valley Conference regular season titles. Might not happen for a fourth time, but still impressive. They're fighting for their fourth straight NCAA tournament. They've made three already. They have 100 wins and counting. The most wins in a four-year span in Drake history was 106. They can still beat that, and they have three more games, plus hopefully three in the tournament, plus maybe an NCAA tournament. They can still beat that. Um, I mean, Becca Hittner and Sarah Ryan both have 2,000 points in their career. Brenny Rose is just outside the top 10 for assists all-time in a program. She also leads the Valley in assists right now. These three players have combined for so many wins. I know Sarah Ryan's been here for like an extra year, or extra half a year, because she was injured in her sophomore year, but Still, I mean, one of the best senior classes we've ever had. Uh, thank you to them for what they've done to this program. Uh, they're kind of that final wave uh, of this four-year stretch. I mean, we have a new wave coming in, but they're the final one of that Lizzie Wendell, Caitlin Ingle days, you know, back when we started the undefeated Missouri Valley Conference stretch. So, I mean, really, really impressive for them. Men's basketball, Noah. Let's get over to men's basketball. Men's basketball played two games this week. They took on Valpo at home, and then they visited Illinois State on the road. Well, it went basically how their whole season's gone. Success at home, uh, struggling on the road. At home versus Valparaiso, they got off to an 18-point lead in the first half. 40-22. to 22. They were on fire, and actually one of these plays made the Sports Center top 10. Uh, Anthony Murphy went up and slammed it over a Valpo defender down low. I mean, I I swear the roof was about to blow up. I could not believe what I just saw. I mean, I was about... 
15 feet away from it, and it was I mean, it was just an impressive display of athleticism. And the Bulldogs finished that half uh, off a three-pointer, I believe. Jonah Jackson in the corner, or uh, DJ Wilkins in the corner got a three, and they were up by 18. The second half, though, Drake lacked the, lacked the energy. Valpo started to shoot the ball a little better, and they were able to tie the game up late. It was tied going into overtime, and the Bulldogs were able to just pull it out late, hitting some of their free throws. Um, you you got to look at this team, and you've got to look at the fact that they had a 20-point lead over Valpo. Valpo's a pretty solid team. It was, it was a, it's a battle for who's going to get in the top six, who's going to avoid that, that Thursday game in the Missouri Valley Conference tournament. It, it just... You kind of want to see the Bulldogs ice this a little bit more. They wanted an overtime, but the lack of energy in that second half um, was was not fun to watch. Overall in this game, though, Liam Robbins, 21 points. He was 4 of 12 from the floor, but 13 of 18 from the free throw line with 12 rebounds. He had a double-double. He drew a lot of fouls in today's game. He also had, or that game, he had five blocks. Roman Penn, 18 points, five rebounds, 6 of 14 from the floor. He struggled, but he also had the ball a lot. He drives in from the wings. And one thing that I do like from this team, they're driving in from the wings a lot more, using those athletic guards. DJ Wilkins, he had three three-pointers for 11 points. Garrett Sturts, 15 points. All of them came up late. Um, a lot of points all around the board, and I could tell the athleticism was on display, uh, but still, to lose a 20-point lead, disappointing, J.D. Very disappointing, and it it, it depends. What, what team are you going to get out of the, of the men's team? What type of performance are you going to get you out don't of the know. men's team week to week, know. game to game? You don't know. I mean, we'll look we'll look at the the next game, Drake Illinois State, um, a very very close game, one that Drake potentially should have won, but completely different stat line. Looking at scoring for Drake, you know, Liam Robbins was so hot in that game before. How how did he come into this game? Kind of different. There's some consi- some consistency issues that we've got to work through, and hoping that in this tournament, because it's going to come down to the Missouri Valley Conference tournament for this men's team, if they want a bid into the March Madness tournament, it's going to matter. It's going to come down to consistency. Got to inject some life into this program. And the road game, you alluded to it. Drake lost to Illinois State on the road. Illinois State is just 4-12 and in conference play. I mean, they're still a capable team. Uh, they beat you and I, surprisingly, on the road earlier in conference play. But they still, I mean, 4-12... and Drake lost to him 57 to 53 all around. It was a poor shooting performance. They, Drake had 32 uh, points in the first half. They did shoot 52% in the first half, 42% from behind the arc, and they were able to take that lead. But in the second half, both teams went cold. I mean, Drake shot 8 of 25 from the floor, 3 of 13 from behind the arc. They had their last bucket with like four minutes left, I believe. We saw it against you and I. They just go cold late. You can't have that. And Illinois State took advantage of it. It was tied into the final minute. And this game, by the way, was on TV. I was able to actually tune in because I don't have an ESPN Plus subscription. So this one I was able to tune in for. And uh, Illinois State hit a big shot late. Drake took it back in transition, still couldn't shoot, and to foul Illinois State. And then by that point, I mean, it's just it's tough to come back from. Drake has got to be better shooting a little bit late. And that's what was their downfall in this game. Liam Robbins led the team with 14 points, 9 rebounds. He always leads this team. But I feel like... And, and I can, we can get this a little bit later, but I think Liam Robbins sometimes has points, but it's not the most efficient points. You know, he's just kind of getting the ball a lot and getting chances. So that's what I saw in this game. And Jonah Jackson also had 12 points in today's game. Yeah, Liam Robbins has the potential. In this game, Liam Robbins has the potential to go for over 20. Liam Robbins he does. gets six more points. That's a completely different game. We win that game. You're right. He shot 50%, six for 12 you know, again, he attempted a three-pointer, didn't fall. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. But he is under 40% this season from three. 50% on the free throw line, two for four. 
sometimes he's on, sometimes he's not. He's always going to have 14, 15 points, but we just need more of these shots to fall. We need more of these shots to fall, and we need more energy into this this team because 53 points on the road, I'll talk about it in a little bit, they just cannot seem to play on, on the road with the same energy that they play with at home. I mean, it it's it's really, really interesting when you look at it how much they struggle. They have, was it, one road win all season long? They have two road wins all season long in 11 games. You can't win like that. Two road wins with what's what's their what's their home record? Two road wins, 14 and 1 at home. Yeah. Unbelievable. That heads right into JD's keys to success, energy. How do you keep the energy up when you're away? You know, you need yeah, you need some fans there, but some of that needs to come from within. You need to bounce on, you know, your experience, the success that you've had at home, your your eagerness and your willingness to win. How much do you really want to win? Drake has given the game up too many times late in the game, in the fourth quarter or in overtime. You need to find that energy. You're not always going to have every game at home. You know, the Missouri Valley Conference Tournament, as we said, Noah, it's not going to be in the NAP Center. Mm-hmm. You need to want to win. You need to find a way to keep that energy up when you don't have your home base and your home crowd with you. And that energy leads into the offense, and that's actually going to segue into my segment, Noah's Numbers at Home. Drake not only has 14 wins, they also have 14 games in which they hit 60 points at home. That's a pretty that's a pretty normal number to hit, right? When you're scoring in a, yeah. in a game, and they've won they've they didn't they won all of those games. In fact, uh, the one game I know they they uh, one the one game they didn't was against Milwaukee, and they actually won that game surprisingly. So 14 games, 60 points at home, on the road, including neutral settings, they have hit 60 points just six times. That's 60 points. I mean, you can't be scoring 55 points and expect to win on the road. That's what we're seeing. We saw that versus Illinois State. We've seen that countless times against other teams. They they just they can't seem to score on the road. And I mean, six times out of 11 games, not even hitting 60 points. I mean, no wonder why they're losing on the road. So uh, that's Noah's numbers. That uh, the men's team will travel to Loyola this week. Um, that's going to be on Tuesday at 7 p.m. In Chicago, then they come home for a big, big game. They're hosting UNI, who's actually struggled lately. They've lost, I believe, two or three in a row. UNI, the top dog in the Missouri Valley Conference. Um, They're coming at home, uh, playing on ESPN2. That's going to be this Saturday, February 29th at 5 p.m. You're not going to want to miss. That's going to be a fun game and a fun atmosphere here in the NAP Center. Let's head over to golf, where women's golf weren't, weren't in action, but the men's side was. The men's side is currently in action. Ooh. They um, but yeah, by the time that this recording uh, releases, sometime tomorrow, Monday, uh, Monday, February twenty fourth. Who knows? The Drake, the Drake men's golf team might still be playing. They are, <laughs> they are most of the way through the tournament, the Loyola Intercollegiate. Drake University men's golf team carded a six under par team score of two eighty two on the second day of the Loyola Intercollegiate to move into the top spot on the leaderboard heading into the final round. We just saw a lot of success last weekend with the women's team. Let's see if we can repeat that again this weekend. The Bulldogs' 282 was the third best team score of the day and gave Drake a one-stroke lead over Loyola Marymount. Drake began that day two strokes behind Loyola Marymount after recording a first-round 286 in the 19-team event to stand at seven under par after two days of completion. The Bulldogs got a boost from tremendous rounds by Tim Lim and Nick Pittman, who carded a four under par 68 on the 7,015 Palm Valley Golf Club. 
Their scores tied for the second lowest rounds of the day in the field. The Bulldogs tee off in the final round early Monday morning, as we said, tomorrow morning, or this morning. This morning. Uh, this morning, on Monday, whatever, uh, with the other top four teams. It's going to be LMU, minus 7, Seton Hall, minus 5, and Eastern Michigan, minus 3. It will begin at 9.45 a.m. Central Standard Time. Got to love getting up bright in the morning on those Monday mornings. I've got to do it tomorrow, too. I'm not looking forward to it. But let's move over to <laughs> softball, where softball, they played at the Grand Canyon Purple Classic. And this is a this is a, normally one of those tournaments that or invitationals we'll see that the softball team will usually play pretty well in. However, they didn't, partially because their best pitcher, Nicole Timmons, is out. She's injured. I'm not sure on the status of that, but she is injured. I uh, learned from a softball player, so th- they struggled. Uh, they played CSUN in the, in the first game. They lost 7-4, to four, and CSUN uh, actually jumped out. Well, the Bulldogs jumped out to an early one-point or run-run lead, and then in the third inning, CSUN got four runs. Uh, they got uh, one in the second and then three in the third on a single and then a couple doubles, all by uh, Stewart and Stevens. And the Bulldogs came back able to tie it in the fourth quarter. Or I, I'm stuck on basketball mode. Fourth inning, uh, Lidby Ryan, she got a single in the third inning. And then uh, Maddie Remick, she got a single in the fourth inning. But then in the eighth inning, in, in extra innings, uh, a couple runs, 7-4. to four, And Drake just uh, could not come back and win it. Starting this game was Mackenzie Hupke. She had two earned runs in four and two-thirds innings. Allie Timmons came in relief, uh, two earned runs in three and a third innings. In the second game, they played Grand Canyon. They beat Grand Canyon 11-6, to but again, that pitching was a struggle. Allie Timmons started this game after coming in relief in the previous one. She gave up five runs in four and two-thirds innings. Hupke pitched two and a third innings with one run. It's just a two-person staff right now. Uh, and for the Bulldogs, they jumped out to a 7 to nothing lead. Uh, Grand Canyon, they got a lot of runs back in the fifth inning, five total. Um, but then the Bulldogs added on to their lead and won 11-6. to That was a big game. This, the third game was canceled versus Grand Canyon, so then they went and took on Utah State and won 8 to nothing in a mercy rule by five or in five innings, starting that game was Mackenzie Hupke. She had no issues getting through this lineup. Only three hits, two uh, walks, and three strikeouts in those five innings of work. For the uh, offense, I mean, it was uh, Beitzinger. She got a single. Remick got a single. Beitzinger, another single and a couple more RBIs. Remick got a walk. Macy Johnson with a single. She got another single in the fifth inning. Uh, Macy Johnson is big, along with Remick, at the top of that lineup. So, uh, those players really got this offense rolling in an easy win versus Utah State. They then took on Grand Canyon for the final game, and they lost this one 6-1 to offense, couldn't get going. Hannah Powell's made this start. She actually has converted from starting um, since last year, but they had to bring her back here for this game because um, they only have two starters. Two innings, one run, three walks for her. Uh, they brought out an Allie Timmons, and then Mackenzie Hupke came in for two and a third innings, gave up three runs. I think these starters are just getting tired and it just did not work out the offense couldn't get going it's ryan denhart she gave up eight hits one run one walk and then four strikeouts in those seven innings of work only giving up one run that one run was courtesy of macy johnson with a single so that will be all for this week in drake sports the bark will be back next week hopefully with some more good news from the men's team as they finish out their regular season and from the women's team as they try to clinch that number two seed congrats Good luck to both of those teams, and good luck to the men's team tomorrow or this morning, however you want to go with it, on the golf side. And then softball, they will travel next week, so to the uh, OSU and Tulsa Invitational. So good luck to them over there. Have a good week in Drake Sports, folks. (laughs) 